You're listening to 1001 Jedi Knights, a Star Wars podcast for hardcore and casual fans alike, and everyone else in between. Welcome back to 1001 Jedi Knights for our 7th episode. The 7th being the best episode, despite what people say about the 5th. Man, that's exactly what you said last night. Hey, well, you know what? I'm nothing if not consistent. Very true. So This is our uh, second take, by the way, people. Yeah, well, second and a half. Um, yeah. Let's start with the biggest news. What happened to your thigh this week? Uh, that is actually going to be under wraps until, uh, the, uh, Steel Wars oh. podcast. But, so are uh, we'll... you saying there's something to listen to on an upcoming episode of theirs? There is, and it should be probably next week's episode that you should listen to, because I may or may not be on it, depending on, uh, scheduling, so. So... When should our viewers look into this? Will we remind them? We will remind them. I will uh, I will actually post something on Facebook about it. So, but uh, just a heads up, he is Australian and he is a comedian, so there is a uh, a language warning on there. Doesn't bother me, but for those who it might bother, just a uh, FYI. Yeah, they do like there are some words they consider okay that we would definitely not but there's probably also words that he knows we don't consider okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that so, would be the biggest news. We'll talk about that uh, next week's episode. That's so. okay, that's okay. Well, how about the second biggest news? How is Jasper doing with his first lightsaber? Uh, he is horrible with it, but that's what <laughs> makes it so adorable. Um, definitely, uh, he was uh, trying to think of the right words. So he had it in his mouth. And he was running around with it, and he was sliding it on the hardwood floor, and he hit the edge of a rug, and it jabbed him in the mouth, and he started screaming. So, that was great. <laughs> if it was a real lightsaber, he'd be dead. Yeah, true. But, to be fair, Luke was also not practicing good saber safety. Oh, not at all. Yeah, my son's already, uh, you know, parsecs ahead of him. So. <laughs> well, good to hear. Yeah. So, I think, let's go ahead and get into our very delayed Celebration coverage. Yeah, I almost forgot that Celebration even happened. I'm just like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Like, just like in our outline, we were supposed to talk about the Rebels, the series finale, and we're supposed to talk about the uh, Darth Maul episode. We're supposed to have an episode dedicated to Darth Maul, because I wanted to have the episode called, uh, what was it, Darth Blart uh, Maul Cop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> off. Something that just reminded me that Kevin James is still making movies. Right. It's a horrible world we live in. Yeah, and I, I, I like to think that maybe we could get back to that Maul episode after issue five of his comic comes out. Yeah, but at this point, I'm just, I'm ready for the comic to be over, actually. It's just like, it is not very good, in my opinion. So. I feel like it's a little redundant i don't know how yeah. many times maul has to remind us that sidious would punish him if he figured out he's on his own right yeah 
It's but uh, yeah, like... we'll get back to that. We'll definitely okay. get back to that. Okay, um, yeah. Celebration okay. now. Um, yeah. So off the top of your head, what was the best? What was your favorite announcement? Um, good question. As my headphones fall out of my ears, so bear with me as I'm talking and getting these back in. Uh, I would say for sure the trailer was my favorite part. I mean, I think everybody. I would say most fans were confident that Ryan Johnson was going to do a good job with the movie, but this definitely, I would say, put most fears to rest. There's some people that just aren't going to be convinced no matter what, Um, but that was definitely the one thing that I needed to see. Everything else was just kind of, it was nice, it was helpful. I would have actually loved to see cast photos from uh, the Han Solo set, but we did get a uh, behind-the-scenes kind of video with Warwick Davis that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, apart from that, I would say seeing more stuff from Phasma is going to be good. Um, there's one particular person, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, if you do, you know, I'm talking about you. Um, he is obsessed with Boba Fett and has, uh, tried to compare Boba Fett and Phasma numerous times, whereas, you know, Phasma has only been in one movie and a handful of comics, so you can't really compare the two when, yeah, Boba Fett had a lot of extended, you know, universe material, but in the movies itself, he was very unforgettable. I mean, he was very forgettable. He didn't really do a lot. He just looked cool. Um, So I'm hoping through the comics and even in the movies, we see more Phasma because I think there's a lot of potential for a good character there. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, But yeah, definitely Inferno Squadron, though, I think was my favorite part just because I love um, Christy Golden's writing with um, Dark Disciple. So if this book does actually have long-lasting impact, as we saw with uh, the Inferno Squad being in the sequel trilogy era, that's going to make me feel better for a book that is, I mean, we've just had enough Rogue One kind of at this point. Like, I mean, we had two new books that are coming out tomorrow. Um, which both, by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't bought them yet, you can get both of them for under 20 bucks on Amazon and they're both hardcover. So I would definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, I just got charged 1882 for both books and it's a combo 650 pages, right? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, we've talked about that before where it's just like, all right. I mean, I loved Rogue One. I actually probably want to put it on again tonight. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, I just want more of the sequel trilogy era. So to keep coming back, I'm just like, why? I mean, I I don't know. I'm almost at Star Wars Overload at this point, as I tweeted a few minutes ago about the comics. So I don't, I mean, I'll probably, okay. I will end up pre-ordering it and getting it on release day. But at the same time... You know, just knowing that the Inferno Squad is going to exist in the sequel trilogy era makes me uh, breathe a little easier about another prequel trilogy book. And that's the thing I think we, because we've before said how much Inferno Squadron, the whole idea doesn't really appeal to us. For me, it's a, more Rogue One based on the background characters, but it's also like the Scar Squadron from the Star Wars comic didn't turn out to be very cool. So Not another squad of stormtroopers, I'm kind of like, all right, they've got a lot, a lot, lot to live up to. And I'm just honestly not sure, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be hard because this book will now start to feel a lot like it's a background for Battlefront 2. 
So I, I don't want to just read it just to read it. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I think if they do what they did with Twilight Company, where it did serve like a background to the game, because, uh, you know, forgive me, everyone out there for pronouncing it wrong, but like, you know, in the game, you actually have missions and stuff on Soliston. And uh, it was interesting to me because I'd play those levels and be like, okay, cool, whatever, you know, it didn't really mean anything to me. But then I read the book and I saw the significance of being there. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is actually awesome. So I think if anything, if it does that, I'll be happy. Yeah. You know, like Twilight Company is still actually probably one of my favorite novels. Oh, yeah. Um, it's definitely Free a novel, I think. Out of the park. Oh, absolutely. That and Lords of the Sith, I think, are two of the novels that would have been amazing standalone films. But, uh. Yeah, yeah. and I loved how Twilight Company had the. Uh, w- when you think about it, by capturing Solus instead of Kuat at Drive Yards, they actually opened it up as the place that the Rebel fleet hid before Endor. So it's one mm-hmm. of those cool. And I love how the book did not draw attention to that at all. And it's one of those things where the canon is coming together, even without pointing it out all the time. So yeah. if Inferno Squadron can do a little bit more of that, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, Solus, and, that's right. Solistons are the, the people. The species, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be really cool. And I, it feels weird. I Honestly, this is a weird side tangent that I have to say. It's weird to me that the Inferno Squadron are all TIE pilots. Yeah, that is kind of odd. Because it just, and, I don't know. No, I get but, you. And to me, the the weird part is we keep getting, like, like the Death Troopers, for example. Yeah, they were cool and they looked cool, but we're just, we keep adding these troops that are supposed to be, like, big deals, but then they're always relegated to the background. So I'm just kind uh-huh. of like, how big of a deal are they? I mean, it's honestly the same thing they're kind of doing with Thrawn, where, I mean, he's supposed to be this big deal, but if that's really the case, I mean... I don't know. They've got to do something crazy for him not to be a big deal during A New Hope and during that. That was kind of one of my biggest problems with the novel was, and a lot of the novels actually are doing this, where it's like some side story, and Thrawn, oh, he beats some pirate. Okay, Mm -hmm. like what is? I it was hard for me to stay captivated by him outwitting a new character, honestly. See, I don't mind the side stories, though. Like, that's one of the things I actually love when they're doing that. But for, you know, Inferno Squad and the Inferno Squadron and for Thrawn to be built up to be such these important figures, but at the, end, the same time, like, we're they're limited to existing movies, so they can't interfere with that. So then yeah. I feel like their roles are actually diminished as a result. Whereas, you know, we could have had that same kind of story, but just with a different admiral or general or something like that. Mm. Like, that's kind of my thing mm-hmm. is you could have taken Thrawn out and put someone else in there. It could have been and... Tarkin, too. Exactly. Yeah, it absolutely could have been. And so that's kind of my thing is, like, I actually really like the Thrawn novel, but at the end of the day, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, he's not present during the original trilogy movies in any significant sense, so it's hard for me to think that it's going to be like that impacting to the the canon as a whole. Well, that's the hard part. And I, cause I, I think I agree, but I don't want it to be like, well, Ezra isn't in a new hope. So he has to die. It's rogue one showed us that you can create new characters that meaningfully impact the canon and don't appear in a new hope. I think the hard part is like, 
I mean, they were dead, so they could not have appeared in A New Hope. So, short of killing Thrawn, how do you keep him away, believably? Yeah. And I'm sure everyone has their thing. Well, the Death Star thing was so quick, Thrawn couldn't make it there in time. But that that seems lame. But your anyway, let's... Theory, your Thrawn theory sucks. <sighs> Seriously. So, okay, so moving from Battlefront... I think we could both like discuss the first person person shooter aspect, but I know David, you're not a huge fan, and I haven't played a video game in a while. It's not so. that I'm not a huge fan. It's just I grew up playing games like Perfect Dark and Goldeneye, where yeah, the multiplayer was fun, but like it was built around the campaign. Whereas nowadays, these games are built the games are founded on the multiplayer, and the campaign is usually second to that. Like it's a completely different setting where you grew up playing games with people in the same room whereas now we're playing online so it was different because you could like growing up we would still play campaign together like one person would play a level and then they you know the next person would play a level kind of thing and then we'd play multiplayer whereas now you know no one wants to sit around watching someone else play story mode unless you're playing like zelda or something like yeah. that so with battlefront i mean the first game was just forgettable you know, like, the, it had its moments. It, it lasted for me for a couple of weeks, and I was just kind of tired of it. Um, but the campaign is just going to have to be amazing, I think, to convince me to buy yeah. it. It's just, I don't know. Again, you know, growing up on, like, again, Perfect Dark and GoldenEye, and you had Turok and Duke Nukem and Wolfenstein and all these, like, FPS games, they they were all centered around a story, this narrative, this campaign mode, and it was so much fun. And nowadays, all these Call of Duty games, like, I think the only modern first-person shooter I've uh, really enjoyed, um, apart from, like, Destiny, would probably be Titanfall 2. Apart from that, like, every FPS I play is just, meh. Like, I would rather play a game like The Last of Us, where there is a multiplayer, but the campaign is the most important thing about it. And yeah. I will play that game, probably, if I have the opportunity to play it for the rest of my life. Yeah. If it really gives you enough, yeah. So, what about you? What What are you excited about the most? Yeah, I, celebration. I kind of have to. I'm putting the trailer aside since we've already discussed that. I think I really like this we did? new. What? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I I like this new focus on Phasma between the novel and the comic. The it's fantastic. Yeah, that's our new hashtag. Tweet at us at <laughs> Faz. Oh gosh, I can't even know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Phasma, the prequel novel, which honestly, like, like I know we just discussed this, but the way Thrawn went, I'm afraid it's gonna be like Phasma versus some three bit smuggler on Andelm Four in seventeen Aby. You know. I'm hoping it's a bit meatier. I hope it's kind of a lot of the exposition on the birth of the First Order. But I might be hoping for too much. But what if it, Phasma it, was like the first, you know, child? Well, okay, wasn't there a girl in uh, Aftermath? Uh, Empire yeah, Zen? there was. Wasn't there a girl that like killed everybody there at the end? Or something. Yeah, I can't honestly remember exactly. Yeah, I can't remember if it was a girl or a boy. I know it was a kid. So I, I wonder if she'll be, like, at least one of the first seeds of that project. And that would be fine by me. I would be interested in reading that story, too. 
Absolutely. That would be fantastic for sure. <sighs> fantastic. And then the comic is a four issue miniseries on how Phasma escaped Starkiller Base. Which I'm imagining is one issue of her climbing out of the trash compactor. An issue of her stealing a tie fight. I don't know. We'll have to see how this one goes. It seems like a strange place to put a story. Because I don't want it to be like Phasma escapes from um, Starkiller Base and along the way she discovers this intergalactic conspiracy to <laughs> kill Senator Villacham, but it turns out he's already dead. I don't know. I, I This is why I don't write the stories. But I do like... You just mentioned Star Wars Burnout, and I'm looking at kind of the new releases for the rest of the year, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it seems like there's mercifully few. So if we look from a strictly Del Rey perspective, we have Inferno Squadron in July, Phasma in September, From a Certain Point of View in October... And then we can expect The Last Jedi's adaptation in December. So that's yeah, four but then more. we also have Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Legend of Luke Skywalker. Um, right? And there's a third young adult book that I can't remember. Yeah, so I feel like we're actually getting quite a bit. Oh, I, I'm saying it's quite a bit, but it's also like, when you think about the fact that it's we're airing this on May 4th, wink mm-hmm. wink, and we've got four novels and three young reader books. That's a lot, but it's like one per month, and I think that's going to be really nice. Oh, absolutely. It'll still be a lot, don't get me wrong. I'm still excited for everything that's coming out, but it'll be a nice, like, I think in May, everything comes out this this week, mm-hmm. and then that's kind of it. Yeah, because I was like, definitely don't forget, I mean, you know, we're getting two books tomorrow, which is crazy. Yeah, which I think this was kind of, we did this with Force Awakens when it came out on DVD, we had the Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Aliens Volume 1. We had a few of the extra source books, whatever. So this is not this is not unprecedented, but it feels like a lot at once. And it'll be tough, like, how long do I have to stay off Twitter? Do I read Guardians of the Wills first or Rebel Rising or yeah, what to do? But yeah, I, I, I think I'll probably read Guardians of the Wills first. I, I, I'm kind of trying to decide, right? Because that one's shorter, but everyone on Twitter has loved it. Mm. And I have not heard a lot about Rebel Rising. And it yeah, might be either. because everyone's a slow reader, or maybe it doesn't do a lot. So it'll be it's tough. It'll be interesting, but it'll probably just be, what do I grab in the morning on my way to work, is what I end up reading. Yeah. But yeah, so so... We kind of discussed Phasma and Inferno Squadron. What do you think about the from a certain point of view concept? So it started on Twitter, the Operation Blue Milk. Turns out 40 different authors are involved in the making of it. What, do you have any thoughts on that so far? Have, have we heard anything about it to formulate thoughts? Um, I had good thoughts until I scrolled to the bottom of the authors list. <laughs> oh, why ever was that, David? Uh, if you know us in the podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Are you I mean, saying you're ready to chuck the whole project out the window? Out the wind? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, no, 
No, I mean to be to be absolutely honest, I'm willing to give him a chance with uh, non aftermath material. I mean, yeah, it was kind of like I assumed he would be on there, but as I was going through the list, I didn't see his name, so I was like, oh, okay, maybe he just uh, uh nope, there he is. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's getting to the point where for me, and I know someone will get pissed off by me saying this, but I've had to not follow a lot of the authors I like reading on Twitter. Like, you know, because surprise, surprise, I'm not a liberal. Um, I'm definitely more moderate with a lot of my views, but Chuck just, he has a very combative um, attitude, I think, on Twitter, and it's hard for me to follow that. Like, I I follow very liberal-minded people on Twitter. That's not the issue. But it's just sometimes it's too much. Um, and he can just, his whole demeanor, some, and it's not even a bad thing. Sometimes he's just very over the top with stuff, and I just can't handle it. But I'm doing my best to try to, like, divorce that from his writing. So from a writing perspective, I'm going to be optimistic that this will be good um, because we've seen progress with his writing. And I also am hoping that maybe it's a little bit more controlled than how he writes, too. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not really his biggest fan. I know that's kind of the, it's, it's simultaneously popular to not like him, but also unpopular not to like him yeah. with Star Wars Twitter. So I'm just, I don't know. I don't know enough as a whole. Um, did you see if Alexander Freed has anything that he's doing for this one? I haven't. I kind of got distracted because there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I've noticed a lot of the writers are women who have been very specifically working in the young adult franchise and from what i've heard their books have been pretty well received and a lot of other writers come from just really random like franchises or genres so i'm excited to see what can come out it's you know 40 stories from 40 different perspectives during a new hope and you know what i i really like hate to be that guy but it feels like a lot from A New Hope recently. Yeah. Like, well, so here's something. We are getting Delilah S. Dawson, who's writing the new um, Phasma novel. We are getting Alexander Freed. Mm-hmm. What's that? Oh, she wrote The Perfect Weapon. I haven't read the, that. Okay. Yeah. So Alexander Freed's going to be writing. Jason Fry's going to be writing. Christy Golden's going to be writing. Um, we're getting E.K. Johnson and Ashley Eckstein, so that's good. Um, we're also getting Paul Kemp and uh, John Jackson Miller, um, who also recognized Chuck Wendig, of course, and we are getting Gary Wooda, so that's going to be cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, the more even just looking at that, again, I, I'm not going to lie, I was just looking for Chuck Wendig when I saw the announcement. Um, yeah, so now that I know who all is writing there, like, I'm definitely really excited now. Like, that's a really yeah. good selection of authors. Absolutely. And I think the, it sounds like it's almost every single writer we've had in the canon minus Tim Zahn for now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll yeah, hear from Yeah, it does him. say, and more. Yeah. And thank God, no Alan Dean Foster. Is he dead or something? I just, I mean, no. it says and more, so. Uh, you're, you might be right. Wait, was he really that anything unenjoyable? From... Oh my gosh. Next time, next podcast, remind me, and I'll find you the the time he used the Saurus 
and then uses the thesaurus as thesaurus. Oh, yeah, to... I remember you saying something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh-huh. Now this is any... podcasting has a uh, running joke about uh, Alan Dean Foster Jr., so they'll always, like, make jokes and stuff, but they always make sure to say it's Alan Dean Foster Jr. Um, but I'm wondering if that's why. That's funny. Maybe. But, yeah, what about... Um... The young adults have been pretty consistently good. Lost Stars is some of the best Star Wars. Yeah, and they're adapting ever. it to a, a, a manga format, yeah. too, which is going to be awesome. I yeah, am I'm excited. absolutely on board for that. That'll be weird, but I'm excited. Yeah. But yeah, so now we've got Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and The Legend of Luke Skywalker. And Leia is by Claudia Gray. Which what, is... What? It's great. I, I I gotta imagine she'll be pulling in some bloodline backwards. But this is largely unexplored territory. Alderanian culture. Young Leia. Senate intrigue, I imagine. Older, or Imperial Senate intrigue, which is probably a lot different than New Republic. But, so that'll be cool. And then the Legend of Luke Skywalker, of which we know little to know about nothing about i just don't want any dang rock monsters that's all well at this point who knows but a lot of people what is it is it a batman the animated series episode when they're around a campfire discussing legends about batman do you know what i'm talking about at all it's been so long since i've watched that show well well, the the book, the, the the consensus seems to be that the book's going to be about like in universe legends about Luke and what he did oh, during gotcha. the gap, and I'm kind of down for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it's played off. I think if the Last Jedi wasn't coming out three months later, I would have a much different opinion about it. Like I think what I'm going to write in an upcoming Minoc Manor piece is that. A book doesn't have to add to the canon if it's fun. But honestly, this concept isn't grabbing me. There's just... I just hate sounding like this. Because I, I love Star Wars. I'm excited for everything. But a lot of times I kind of go into everything a little hesitant. And allow, and it blows me out of the water afterwards. So yeah. maybe at some point I just have to have faith that it'll actually be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Not everything's going to be good, though. You know, you and yeah. I both feel that way about Aftermath, and, you know, maybe that'll change as we get older. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we should never expect everything to be good just because, you know, I don't know. I think about who I am as a person. Like, I'm never going to handle everything well. I'm not always going to have a good podcast episode. I'm not always going to handle customers them selling cars too well. So why should I expect the same thing from other human beings who, even as a collective unit, you know, they're still flawed. They still make mistakes. And there's just going to be duds. I mean, that's all there is to it. And so it's just kind of like, okay, if I love Star Wars enough, I have to accept it for its blemishes too. And we've, we've talked about that with Aftermath where, you know, how do we, how do we embrace a canon that has flaws, you know, where we have stories that are can't now canonized that we're just like, why is this a thing? Which Yeah. Like now we have to ignore Heir to the Jedi for the rest of our lives. See, still haven't read that. If anyone wants to Amazon gift me that, I will gladly drink a lot of whiskey and mm-hmm. record an episode 
doing that. Obviously, we're not going to read it while doing the podcast because that would take too long. Yeah. But I will gladly get to the brink of being drunk <sighs> and doing an episode that I won't get drunk. Still haven't made it. It's that. not a sin if you're on the brink. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, all right. So I think we're kind of aiming towards the time we're looking to finish up. So do you have any comments on Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith that we haven't mentioned before? Um, no, I think we had mentioned before that IGN did, like, the worst uh, headline for their title. It's, like, exclusive, Darth Vader, how he made his lightsaber. I'm like, there's so much other crap to talk about, and that's what you focus on, like, and then everyone just got cut up and caught up on that, and I had to keep telling people, like, hey, like, seriously, read the dang article. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that on Twitter where someone will just react to the the clickbait article or whatever like uh yeah. vanity fair joanna robinson did something about uh hayden robinson um hayden christensen wow i'm blurring stuff together here dang frozen margarita um anyway so you know people had reacted to what vanity fair tweeted out i'm like did you guys even read the article and a few people were like well no i just read the headline I'm like we'll read the actual article like nine times out of ten the writer actually doesn't choose the title of the article. Usually the writer will write the article and someone's in charge of doing the uh, title. And nine times out of ten, the titles suck. Like, the tweets suck. And the article is actually really good, but the tweet itself was just horrible. So it just with something like that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Lord of the Sith. I'm definitely a bigger fan of uh, Charles's writing, but um, definitely don't want it to just be about it creating a lightsaber and i'm really hoping the first book of this series isn't just about that well the solicitations for issue three reveal that he comes in contact with a surviving jedi hmm Ooh, ooh. speaking of surviving jedi i am going to do a spoiler here sorry chris you're gonna have to hear this um there is rumors that a particular jedi is going to be showing his face in the han solo movie this particular Jedi is one of my favorite of all time and potentially was not killed in Order 66 and was going to probably play a prominent role in Star Wars Underground, which it is rumored that Han Solo is pulling a lot of material from. And I'm pretty sure this Jedi banged Asajj Ventress. So, we're going to see Obi-Wan. All I heard was we're going to see Obi-Wan. I took my headphones off. I, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of so, like, well, uh, that was probably long enough. <laughs> yeah, no, that was actually really good timing. So for anyone else who's actually interested in that, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm really excited to see what happens there. It is still a rumor, but you can head over to makingstarwars.net to see more of that. But uh, yeah, so... Um, I guess for, do we want to talk about uh, new releases coming up, or do we just want to go ahead and go to uh, uh, yeah, questions? Yeah, well, for just for what it's worth, this week we've got Guardians of the Wills and Rebel Rising, both young adult books, on Tuesday. Poe Dameron, there's 14. a Wills, there's a way. <sighs> oh, no. Um, Poe Dameron, 14, and Rogue t- 1, Issue 2, on Wednesday. Rogue Adventures 1, Adventures in Wild Space. What? Rogue One? I, I know. I just... Yeah. It's silly. 
Uh, and then Catalyst Paperback. So if you really loved Rogue One on DVD, here's everything Buy you the dang ever hardcover. Buy the hard yeah. <laughs> the hardcover. Jeez. Well, the Good. Catalyst Paperback comes with the short story from Insider. Oh, God. I hate that they do that. I hate that they do that. Well, you don't need to worry anymore. Sounds like Insider won't produce any more stories. Yeah, I think that's what Florian said, right? Yeah, so that's fine. The completest in me still, I just at least buying Insider gave me a lot of other content. But if I have to buy the paperback as well, I'll be upset. And I don't know what I would do. But also, just, just keep in mind. Money. Oh gosh. <laughs> As if I need more excuses to do that, but also just keep in mind the next, the second crossover for the Marvel series start on the tenth with Screaming Citadel issue one of one because it's that weird one shot part one thing they're doing anyway. So really hoping that breathes some new life back into Star Wars the mainline series, please, please breathe life back into the mainline star wars series is it only going to be three issues no those are just so screaming citadel one star wars 31 and afro 7 are the three parts that come out in may gotcha and then in june star wars 32 and afro 8 will wrap up the crossover okay so there's literally just gonna be screaming citadel one okay yeah so since you have it in trades, you might not have seen this, but Vader Down was Vader Down issue yeah. one, then yeah, bounced yeah. back between Star Wars and Darth Vader. No, I mean, when I used your uh, your digital Shh. versions, I knew that. No, I, um, I just didn't realize that's what they were doing. Yeah. Which, as the, as the resident comic reviewer for making Star Wars, that's a horrible thing to admit. But, uh, yeah, I just, I'm so overloaded with comics right now so yeah this it'll be nice though because i would probably also i really don't think i would be a fan if we had screaming citadel and another story in star wars and a third story in afra you know oh no that's way too much i'm kind of honestly i don't mind that the series are being hijacked for the crossovers well, no, Dr. Aphra has been probably my favorite series. Oh, it's great. Don't time. get me wrong. Like, yeah, so that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, go ahead and take over the other series. Like, let's just take over Rogue One somehow, too. I don't care. <laughs> well, the nice thing about so Vader Down pretty consistently showed that it was a Darth Vader third arc. And it kind of did whatever to Star Wars. So at least Screaming Citadel seems to fit in with both stories for now. So we'll see if that keeps up. But yeah, I really don't mind that it's kind of what this story in Screaming Citadel and then Poe has a different story. That's okay. And it might actually help alleviate a little bit of the overload this way. Yeah. By kind of scaling back on the stories. But yeah, so we've got two fan questions. One's a family question from my cousin. But you're still a fan, so we still count you. Um, and this one, he just asked, if we were Jedi, what color lightsabers we have, how many would we use, and what type? Part of me, hmm. Very, I would probably be, like, too afraid to be offensive. 
So that'd be like Ahsoka's two, one for defense and one ostensibly for offense, but also for defense. Defense. Yeah, the one the one time I ever offered defense to my team. But it'd probably be blue and green, because I want to be unique, even though I'm the most boring, the most boring white man alive. Honestly, <laughs> you are absolute. That is absolutely the truth. I mean, you work at Crossway and Starbucks. Yeah, hey, I just because I, I am the embodiment of every stereotype for those good, reformed Christian hipsters. And I'm not going to say I'm proud, but I'm going to say it's the hand I've been dealt and there's nothing I can do about it now. You're not proud, but you own it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, blue and green, okay. Um... Let's do a brown lightsaber. I've never seen one of those. I think that would be interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't even like it, but I want to do that just <laughs> because just we have it. not. S- yeah, I mean, or like a black lightsaber. Well, we've seen the dark saber, so that won't count. Um, what about an invisible lightsaber? That'd be really dangerous, and you'd never know if it's on except for just like you'd have to listen. You hope it's humming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could obviously do like a. Uh, uh, I mean, you could kind of, no, there's no touch test for that. So, uh, I would probably just do one. You know, I, I can't trust myself to, uh, <laughs> <coughs> ow. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't trust myself to, uh, man, I'm about to sneeze again. <coughs> Please I'm going to like now. add some sound effects to that or something like <laughs> Mario coins. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's just stick with one. So. Okay, next question. Uh, this is from uh, El Fuero Tom. Oh. It is uh, Chris and <laughs> Chris and David. Your last episode, last episode, quote quote, yeah, uh, quote unquote. Excuse me. Uh, your last episode has brought a few things to mind. Firstly, is this comic arc of Yoda and the Living Rocks ever going to end? Yes. Reading the last Thank issue, the I maker. completely forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot that Luke was on his way to rescue R2. Or was it uh, 3PO from the Imperials? Secondly, I used to have a Snoke theory that it was Rax, but I'm looking for a new Basic. one. Basic. The, the reason I thought it was Rax was because of how I interpreted a passage from Life Debt when she encounters Rax for the first time. The voice beckons him. Come. It is a summoning. And then that single word is more than just a request. It has gravity to it. Like it's pulling him willfully close. The boy resists it. He plants his feet and presses his knees hard against the steel floor of the ship. I like that to mean that Sheev was using the force to pull Galley out of hiding. Was Galley using the force to resist Sheev? Was I wrong here in interpreting that Galley had the force? Finally, I don't have a Snoke theory anymore, but because you mentioned him, I do have a Sora's Bandium theory. When Anakin, now Vader, went to the Jedi Temple, he didn't intend to kill the younglings, but when Sora's opened his mouth, what did he say? He said, Master Skywalker, in Vader's eyes. This was the ultimate offense. There, in the middle of the same chamber where Anakin was disrespected days earlier by denying the rank of Master, this little snot-nosed Padawan had the nerve to compound the offense by rubbing it in. So Vader decided to kill Sores and all of his little friends. And that's my theory. Thanks for reading. Your pal, Prince Tom. Oh. Right? Man, you know what? It's It's been too long since we read one of his questions. I gotta keep him on his toes. Yeah. Um, 
so obviously we know by now that the series did end. Thank God. Well, the uh, the arc ended, even though yeah. we still have to get R two. Well, no, three PO. Excuse me. Um, yeah, he confused me there. Uh, that still hasn't happened. I mean, Scar Squadron is still alive, which I don't know, man. I'm just. And the thing is, we're not even going to see any conclusion to that probably anytime nope. soon because we're getting into Screaming we still Citadel. Got the Screaming Citadel in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get some more journals of Obi-Wan just being super basic, you know, doing the whole like, oh, I'm force writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, all I know is it just warms my heart that he doesn't have a Snoke theory anymore. I mean, mm. you know, your mom, We've your mom is just that you. rare exception. Yeah, your mom's just that rare exception where, I mean, I'll gladly, you know, support what she believes. But uh, as a whole, you know, it's just every theory sucks, and that's the beauty of it. So it'll be it'll be fun I to agree. see, you know, that uh, Soares ends up being Snoke somehow. Yeah. But yeah, I... It, you know, it does say Snoke was alive to see the rise and the fall. Yeah. Of the Empire. That is true. So... But for the shameless plug of all of this, feel free to go to First Order of Business and read my write-up on the Yoda arc, where I try to salvage something from it, because I spent $20 on that arc, and I'm getting my money's worth, dang it. (laughs) That makes one of us. (sighs) Well, yeah, well, um, how about this Rex being Force-sensitive theory? Fat lot of good it did him on Jakku if he is. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He was a kind of compelling villain. And as I'm saying that, no, not really at all. Um, Maybe in Life Debt. Not really in Empire's End. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously he was pulling the strings in Aftermath. So that was kind of interesting. I mean, I just want more bad guys like... uh, um, God, why can't I can't think of his name right now. The Poe guy, Terex. More guys yeah. like him. He's absolute blast. If we could have more, I mean, I'd even almost consider him like an anti-hero. He's not good, but he's not fully bad either. I would say, um, at least he's not like first order bad. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Rax. I mean, that kind of goes back to why I'm not a huge fan of Chuck's writing, just because it's like he ended up just being so inconsequential. I mean, really, at the end of the day, now I'm just kind of like, if there's any head of the First Order to worry about, it's going to be, uh, well, by this point, if you haven't read it, this is going to be Sloan. Yeah. You know, like, she's going to be the person to fear. I would love to see her somehow make her way into the movies. Oh, um, absolutely. Finnis or Sun. I'm holding it. Oh, that, see, that would be interesting. I, I would be okay with that. Um, but yeah, Rax is just kind of, he, I don't think he's force sensitive, um, Again, if he was, he did a horrible job of utilizing his skills, and <laughs> old Sheevy didn't do a great job of uh, training him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe this is a good for another episode, but oh man, has the canon oh, suffered man. from a lack of villains? Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, Marvel and, you know, Disney and Marvel, and then Star Wars Disney, I guess, uh, Kind of been suffering with that a little bit. Um, Marvel doesn't really have great villains either, the movies. Yeah, I, I honestly cannot say I've been as big a fan of Loki as anyone else. I am hopeful for Michael Keaton, though. 
just because it's Michael Gosh, Keaton. I'm hoping, I'm hopeful for that entire movie, though, dude. Right, right. I mean, I don't know who the technical bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy or bad woman will be. I think it's uh, her name's like Aisha or something. Um, I think that'll do a good job, but that movie's more focused on the team anyway, which that's kind of the fault of the movies there is they focus, I mean, the emphasis is always on the main characters and the villain just kind of serves as a minor plot point in a sense. Uh-huh. A um, speed bump. Yeah, whereas Loki, I mean, really did serve as a good villain Catalyst. in Avengers. You know, even yeah. though the Shatori were, you know, the people they had to fight for the most part, like, Loki was instrumental. I mean, he's still playing a huge role in all these movies, and I think he'll oh, yeah. play a big role in uh, a Thor Ragnarok, which is definitely out of all the movies coming out this year. Last Jedi is first. Thor Ragnarok is right behind it. Like, I never thought right we'd get it. to that day, dude. I never like thought we'd get to the day where exciting. Thor would be the... yeah. Alright, but on that note... for the Wilder people yet? I have not. Yeah, I don't know if I plugged that on this podcast. If you have not watched Hunt for the Wilder People, never listen to this podcast again until you watch that movie because it's amazing. And then listen to the podcast again because it'll just be a day because you're going to go out and listen to it immediately after listening mm. to this. So, Because it's seriously that good. It's an amazing movie. And it's on Hulu. Even better. Well, I say on yeah, that note, there. we'll end for the night. Since we're airing this on Tuesday, Thursday, we can unironically say, may the fourth be with you, and we will catch you next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at First Order oh, yeah. Biz, along our faith, 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 faith book. We're, yeah, we've transitioned over to Facebook. Our Christian Facebook uh, page. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash First Order Biz. Also, we would love if you left us a review over on iTunes or Google Play. And if you have any questions, feel free to submit them via Twitter or email us at general at firstorderofbusiness.net. We will catch you next time. Are you done recording? Dude, I have to poop so much.